0: Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In today's story, we learn about the man who built the Independence Mine, Winfield Scott Stratton, and the Myron Stratton home then and now. This podcast was written and is being presented for you by Trevor Phipps.
1: Many people in Corridor Springs drive by the large Myron Stratton home property located on the south side of the city off of Highway 115 have no clue of its history or how it functions today. The fact is that the mysterious property has been serving the same function its founder, Winfield Scott Stratton, had dreamed up over 100 years ago. The organization started with funds from Stratton's million dollar estate after he appointed trustees to carry out his plan of using his large fortune to help less fortunate people in the area. In the early days, the home served as an orphanage and a home for disabled and elderly people. Now the facility has changed the way it operates a bit, but is still home to an assisted living facility and local nonprofit organizations. Stratton was born in Indiana in 1848, and he spent most of his younger years learning carpentry in his father's shipyards. In 1872, Stratton moved west and started his own carpentry business in Colorado Springs where he earned $3 per day. Once he arrived, he quickly developed a passion for gold prospecting, and he took classes in metallurgy at the Colorado School of Mines and Geology at Colorado College. Stratton became more serious with his gold prospecting hobby when a local Bob Womack claimed to have found gold near Cripple Creek, Colorado. In 1891, Stratton filed a claim for the Independence Mine near Victor. At first, the mine did not produce what was expected, and Stratton listed it for sale in 1893. But after doing a final inspection, he found a vein of gold in the mine that he and his crew had missed. The sale fizzled out, and Stratton then began pulling millions of dollars of gold out of the Independence mine. He averaged an income of about $1 million per year before he sold the mine in 1899 for $10 million. Even though he was very rich, Stratton lived in a small home he had built in downtown Colorado Springs and lived a very modest life. He gave a lot of his money to improve the city, including building a streetcar system, a baseball park, and buying bicycles for the city's laundry ladies. However, despite Stratton's vast fortune, he lived in a rather lonely and depressed life. He was married once, but the marriage only lasted a few months. In his later days, he drove to drink, which ultimately ended his life in 1902 at the young age of 54. Upon his death, Stratton's will established trustees and was very specific that his estate go to helping people in need. According to the executive director of the Myron Stratton home, Daniel O'Rear, many people think that Myron Stratton was the famous carpenter and gold prospector, but the home is actually named after Stratton's father. He, Stratton, was very specific he wanted the home named after his father, O'Rear said. It is kind of an interesting fact that when he left his home in Indiana, he tried to shoot his father. So personally, I think it was a little bit of a redemption later on in his life for him to name it after his father. After Stratton passed away, over 20 women in the area fought for Stratton's multi-million dollar estate, saying that they were secretly married to him. However, after almost a decade of legal battles, the courts ruled that none of the claims were valid and that Stratton's estate would be turned over to his trustees to construct the Myron Stratton Home. At one point, the organization owned land from Cheyenne Mountain High School to Fort Carson. The facility was built in a way where it was completely self-sufficient as it had its own power plant, farms, reservoir to water the crops, dairy, and chickens. The home originally was split into sections, one for orphanages and one for the elderly and disabled. According to O'Rear, people that were orphans have come back to the property to tell stories about living in the facility. O'Rear said that the orphans there were treated very well and they were all given a free college education. In the 1980s, Colorado as a state switched from using orphanages to the foster care system that is still in place today. After the orphanage closed, the organization was tasked with figuring out a way to still utilize that part of the property in a way that kept along with Stratton's visions. The trustees went to court for help on the matter in 2006, and they ended up choosing to offer free rent to Tessa, Peak Vista Community Health, and Partners in Housing. Those three were selected because they were doing the mission that Mr. Stratton had told us to do, O'Rear said. Basically, we had a choice. We could try to create our own programs or support those who were already doing these programs very, very well. The rest of the property that is not being rented to the local nonprofits for $1 a year is still used for housing senior citizens. The senior housing sector of the home houses an assisted living center as well as independent living houses for seniors that are basically apartments. Those who live in the senior section enjoy amenities like free transportation, meals, and cheap rent.
0: Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And if you find yourself with disposable cash and a burdened conscience, you can always find someone to help. We look forward to having you join us next time for more Stories from the Midland. for more stories from the Midland. Stories from the Midland.